everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 88th episode of the podcast, airing the week of March 2nd, 2020. Now, I'm so pleased to bring to you my interview with San Francisco-based professional astrologer Nisa Liu, who will join me in a discussion on the planetary glyphs. And so Nisa and I are going to discuss the underlying symbolism of the planetary glyphs and how the three main components of spirit, soul, and matter make up the varying symbolic arrangements that give meaning to each of the planets. And it's fascinating because Nisa shares her plethora of life experiences that have prepped her uh, on her own journey into glyph symbolism and why it drives the core of her astrological approach. And then we run down each of the planets to get a better look at what is under the hood of each symbol. Now, we had a delightfully spirited chat, and we both hope you enjoy this fascinating topic. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is to show support by signing up for my weekly Patreon-exclusive astrology forecast or audiocast or starcast, whatever you would like to call it, which is a seven-day detailed astrology forecast, which also includes tarot polls and an animal ambassador of the week. And so I can help you break down the macro and the micro of each week and the dynamic energies that are underway. Uh, And then I wrap everything up with an Ask Mel segment where you can ask me anything. So to sign up on Patreon, that starts at $5 per month, uh, where you get the weekly forecast, early guest interviews, so you'd get to hear people like Nisa before they even reach the public, uh, and of course, my Astro Storytime episodes that are sitting there just waiting to be watched. Um, And if you want to join the $8 tier, that will include show notes and the option to ask Mel as well. And so it can be quite helpful to break down the week into those bite-sized chunks. So if you want to stay in the know and to support these interview broadcasts, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Now, you can also show appreciation by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar, which you can find on the front page of my website over at energeticprinciples.com, or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done directly through my site. All right, so who is ready to hear more about what constructs the planetary glyphs? Let's waste no time and get in there. So now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so delighted to welcome this week's very special guest. We have Nisa Liu with us. <laughs> Hi, Thanks, Nisa. Matt. Hello. Oh, I, I've had Nisa on my list for a little while now to come join me on the podcast. So I reached out to her recently and asked what she's passionate about. And of course, as astrologers, we're all passionate about several things. Um, Absolutely. She, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned the planetary glyphs, which is not something that we've covered yet. So... Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Ah, yeah. That is a very intimate subject to me because um, it's such a big part of my story. Um, the way it happened, it was pure Uranian moment. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely... We'll, we're going to talk that. all about it. <laughs> all about it. But before we get in there, uh, mm-hmm. Lisa, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are so they see your fabulousness. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm Nisa. I'm a San Francisco-based astrologer. 
Uh, I write, I do readings, um, I teach astrology, um, I have a full moon coven in Bay Area, and I'm coming up with um, an astrology course this year on my website. And I have a show on YouTube, um, which is uh, called Cosmic Little Lessons. And my mission is to bring the language of astrology out of obscurity. So in my channel, you will find all the tools, how to read glyphs, how to draw glyphs, what's uh, the, all the fundamentals underlying uh, the language of astrology is something that I'm really passionate about. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's the glyphs are so fascinating too, because I come mm-hmm. across with people that are learning astrology and they'll get to a certain point mm-hmm. where maybe they'll even consider themselves like an intermediary student mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. yet they'll have a struggle with the glyphs. And mm-hmm. the glyphs are just kind of the first, I mean, in my mind are like the first starting point where if you yeah. really, you just yeah. got to get that in because mm-hmm. the glyphs are just this little tiny abstract thing that opens up everything. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, for me, this is how I see it. You know, glyphs, they are symbols. And symbols, they are the alphabet yes. of all energetic language, right? Um, this is symbols is how, you know, the language is symbolic method of how we communicate it. You know, we invented A, we invented one, we invented straight, we inve- you know, we invented things to cross-pollinate information. And I think, you know, if there's any, any bigger obsession uh, than astrology that I have is history. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a bachelor in fine art. So I have studied the arts from the ancient civilizations mm-hmm. up until the modern ones. And really, really, oh, wow. You know, um, you know, with music, you it's abstract. And yet, you know, when it's a happy tune, you know, when someone's heart is broken. Yeah. Wow. Right. Because there's other methods. Other than language, we are we emit frequency, we emit expressions, and I think one of those things, even um, you know, before you learn how to write, you have to learn the grammar, and before you learn the grammar, you have to learn the words, and before you learn the words, you have to learn the alphabets. So my approach to, and I feel like I've you know, there's this divine hand that have kind of just guide everywhere that I've been all my life to get me here. Mm-hmm. And one of them was when, you know, my whole entire family sent off me the first kid to go to college. And what did you want to do? Art school? Really? The first one that's <laughs> going to get a degree? It's going to be some, you know, something that's not marketable. Yes. And, you know... And, but of course, you know, I have a Mars Uranus conjunct and I, that always wins. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> you know, and um, so I decided to, you know, study, you know, what brought me here in the beginning was to study and I've lived in Europe as well. So, but when I was in, in, in Europe, um, I lived in Paris. I have this whole idea that one day when I grew up, I'm going to be an ambassador and diplomat. I'm going to live in foreign countries, very Sagittarian, you know. Yeah. Um, 
um, I'm, I'm already not living there, you know, and um, I want to delve into political science and know the world, you know, but um, I had the privilege when I was living in Paris to live only two blocks away from Louvre, which is the biggest museum that hosted, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And of course, I lived in a historic city where all the classical pantheons are just everywhere. 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 Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. And um, at that time, um, I also learned French first before English, but even back then, my French was very little. I was um, entertaining you know, myself with this um, kind of, oh my God, every time I see a statue or an artwork, you know, I, I wonder about who are you, you yeah. know? And, you know, and then I start to be able to I'm like, oh, this is Poseidon. This is Zeus. Oh, this is supposedly God, you know? Yeah. Um, it looks very similar to Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> Which is that in itself is a oh joke oh oh, god you know and is this Adam is this Jesus ah you know anyways so starting to really track all these archetypes right Um, the warriors is always Achilles is always Mars is also Mm -hmm. Marcus Aurelius and just keeps popping and then um, eventually um, life took me to a life in San Francisco um, and. When I came here, I decided to study art. Um, and I am so glad because now that I'm, you know, um, an astrologer and I teach as well, I realize, wow, everything that I've been through was an astrology training. Yeah. You know? Just prepping 100%. you for the moment. You know, I yeah. remember one of the first class um, that was significant. And I'm so lucky. I was so young to be in university. Too. So like at 18, uh, one of the class was the power myth and symbol. Mm. And it was Joseph, basically. And yeah. It was <laughs> a year in Joseph Campbell. And that, oh my God. You Which know? is like an eternity because it's, it's like, it's, like <laughs> uh, it's endless. It is endless. It's endless. And then of course, you know, second year, Jung and Freud. Oh my God, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and then of course, like, and then I actually uh, do wine for some time. So I was um, a wine sommelier. And of course, even through that, Steiner, you know, the biodynamic calendar. And then I start like noticing, oh, you know, this is the poor season, time to plant the crops. And I was like, what? You know, and then start to see all these glyphs showing up in like Waldorf education, in wine, in art, in everything, yeah. in everything. So I'm starting to realize it that, oh my God, there's signatures in all things, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I get obsessed with symbology and then start seeing things in different ways and then delve into um, different um, pantheons. You know, like recently I was in New Orleans and I'm still learning something new because I'm like, oh my God, the Orishas is the seven planets. Anyway, that's like, (laughs) 
that's gonna be you know one of my subjects as well coming on to my articles I'm sure because it's you know it's kind of like oh my god Elegua anyways um <laughs> she's inspired uh, I'm, I'm inspired because again I think you know like again astrology is a language and where it works with our human uh, capacities and agencies we learn through contrast right mm-hmm. we learn through sequence we recognize patterns and i'm realizing in the chart when you look at things first of all one of the oldest symbol that there is is the mandala the circle of eternity mm-hmm. you know and that the first glyph is a circle you know <laughs> yes hello <laughs> you know and then I, I start to, you know, realize again, there's like some of the older symbol, which is, you know, other than the, the eternal is things that has endings, you know, the moon, which is the crescent moon has a starting point and an ending point. And this is why the moon is symbolized of manifestations because it's temporary, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's just, I don't know why it's just like starts speaking to me. I'm like, Oh, you know, it makes a lot of sense though with the art background, because that's the Uh thing is like, well, you know, they say, oh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Absolutely. Well, it's actually worth a thousand words because if you start to look symbolically at everything that is encased within Uh it, and you know, Uh that's a, that's definitely a point to which tarot practitioners work with too. Um, Because it's... Uh everything down to, you know, a fruit or a color or, um, or the symbols, just symbols Mm -hmm. being encased in certain things, you know, that's, that's the abstract nature and that's the symbolism. It's not in, it's in your face, but it's not in your face. Mm -hmm. And it's up for, because of the loose approach of it, you know, because it's more of a visual thing, right? Uh, Then we have the ability to take that abstract, uh, Mm knowing that we're getting through the image or through the structure Uh of the symbol or, you know, we can, Uh and we can paint it into a a picture that is, goes along with other people. I'm sure we'll talk about some things with the glyphs today that, you know, is Uh kind of more generally known, but it also leaves it up to interpretation for yourself. And so there's never really a finite, you know, there's, there's mis- there's mystery there. <laughs> yeah, on where art, you go in your own mind. <laughs> art is always open to interpretation, right? That's so right. and and then so because this is one of my passion and I'm a Virgo and with Pluto <laughs> zero degree in Scorpio, um, I've kind of you know lived my life like as though it is a spiritual detective novel. An astrological one, you know? So in a way, I and I'm kind of working on a new logo right now. And this actually took me so long to design. Um, and this is oh, my thing. I like it. So. Because it really is, right? So like what I really stand by is we... we oh, we have to describe know. it. We have to describe it so right. the listeners oh, know. Oh. Oh, we're all looking at it. Like, right. What is it? What is it? <laughs> so it is. It is a symbol. Um, it is a, a symbol of an eye, and inside of it you have the iris, and also divided by the twelve houses. What's really missing that I added actually inside of here is the um, 
the cardinal directions mm-hmm. and also all the divisions. So I kind of want to introduce the zero degree Aries as the equinox and um, the 15 degrees on the fixed signs as, you know, um, the in bulk and Ostara yes. and all of the... All the turning points of All the, year. the turning points, right? And so this is actually part of my curriculum. Um, so this is actually my baby. It's um, Life Imitates Chart. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. <laughs> and this is where... This is really... A, a, it's my journal. Um, you know, like... I... It's it's like I remember the first time I I kept it too. I'm such a sentimentalist. I'm like, yeah. oh my god! And then of course we talk about the circle, and it's also it's 360 degrees. But then I'm starting to realize we also have this glyph right here, mm-hmm. which is the you know the yeah. axis cross and matter, which is a horizontal line and a vertical line. Um, the you know the um, plus symbol that we know of yes and and then i i i you know like i never i and i realized one day that i never really sit down and really think about it and then once i did i realized that first of all the the minus sign is symbolized the the horizon right mm-hmm. and even the moment that you put that in the chart that is the acdc is this horizontal line mm-hmm. and then also in the 12 zodiac there's two signs that has the horizontal line and that is pisces and libra and those two axes are by the horizon mm-hmm. so of course i'm like oh my god this is amazing i can do <laughs> you know i just can't stop and in so many ways um now looking back um, astrologically, it was Uranus exiling my son to the exact degree. And pretty much that month, I did not leave my house because I was just, I felt like it was a whole like zip files that I downloaded and mm. just have to manifest into this thick thing, yeah. you know? Um, something was then, coming down. Something <laughs> was coming down. And then, and then I start realizing, um, a, another thing. And then I, the, oh my God, this is the exact same paper that I, you know, and then of course I studied different school in the beginning. I studied, I came from Chinese astrology and because um, the Chinese astrology also observed the um, farmer's lunar almanac, mm-hmm. and that corresponds with Rudolf Steiner's biodynamic calendar. And at that point, I was still a wine professional, so I track vintages. So wow. I've always been tracking time. You're tracking something, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Like, you know. The Scorpio energy is on the case. Right. It's like. <laughs> What's the, you know, like uh, as a sommelier, you have to know in 83, it's actually so funny too, because they're like, ah, it's not Australian astrocartography. Yeah, that's fine. hundred percent. So, you know, at any given time, say you have a Bordeaux from 99, first of all, mm-hmm. Bordeaux in itself is already so much encoded in that word, you know, it's France region. And in yeah. Bordeaux, there's, in you, there, there's, it's protected by law that you can only uh, 
grow a certain number of grapes. And you can call it Bordeaux if it comes from these five varietals, Cabernet Franc, Cab, Merlot, you know, Petit mm-hmm. Bordeaux, and then the other one. Um, so anyways... And, and it has... Don't the Bordeaux have a special bottle too? Because they have right. the rounded shoulders versus... And then, exactly. Uh, not yeah. the sexy burgundy one. Not yet, exactly. exactly. So this is just like, again, we talk about symbolism all the time and then we refine it into this archetype, right? Mm-hmm. And now you can eat it you, you know, like in our world, we can be like, oh, 93 Margot. And then just like any other sommelier who knows the exact vintage and who knows all the specifications, just like astrology, right? It's like, yeah. oh my God, Saturn square moon. It's like, oh, oh my God. You know, it's like, oh my God, we know, you know? So I, I have been, all my life, I've been talking in codes for a living, whether it's in food. And then I've delved into the diamond industry as well. So I help, you know, men with um, engagement rings, you know, and I have to educate them on the spot, the value of a diamond, the four C's, the color, cut, Mm -hmm. clarity and cost, you know, and the design. Um, So that's kind of like, yeah, my everything that I've done, you know, um, even in diamonds, I, I was just laughing the other day. I'm like, oh my God, here I am teaching the fourfold system again. I did this when I sold diamonds, you know, I was doing the four C and now it's fourfold. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, isn't I, you said you have Mars Uranus conjunct. Are you the, in Sagittarius, right? Yes. Because I, I know uh, we I had a fellow uh, guest on mm-hmm. uh, Juji uh, months mm-hmm. ago who has that same position, uh, uh-huh. that special place in what, like the early 80s. <laughs> um, yes. And so here you are just awakening people all the time with this knowledge that you have uh, that's helping <laughs> guide them on their, on, on certain journeys, whether yeah. it's buying a diamond for the one they mm-hmm. love or, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing the tastes of the different wines or yeah. going into the mystery that is astrology, which is definitely a journey. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely a few explanations to that. I think Venus squaring my myth heaven always brings this Venusian thing to my work. Right? Because that that's, yes, that seems to be a so theme. So, <laughs> politics, diamond, fine dining, wine. Yep. Oh my God. That's so Venus. Right there. So Venus. Right. And, um, but the thing that I really, you know, one of the features that I like in my chart is my IC is conjunct the galactic center. Mm. And that makes all these wonderful aspects to my Mercury, um, which is happy in the first house. I like that the most. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Um, so, well, I thought maybe mm-hmm. before we, because we're going to kind of go down, I figured we'd just go down the glyphs and just kind of discuss right. them and wax poetic on them. Um, but kind of what you were mentioning earlier with some of the, um, with your with your book that you put together is that the planetary glyphs, um, and correct me, or, you know, Mm-hmm. Let me know if you agree with this, but they're really the combination of kind of three different things. Absolutely, we, we've got this. We've got the, the circle, circle of mm-hmm. of spirit, the like the yep. pure spirit, just the circle itself. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the crescent, which the consciousness. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be our the soul. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're going to see that curved line. Right. Right. Um, but then there is the last one is matter, which we talked about as kind of that cross. Mm-hmm. But the idea well, is that the vertical mm-hmm. line is it's the symbol time. for the mind. Well, I had well, mind and mm-hmm. the horizontal line is the symbol of the body. And so the mind and the body come together. 
to be the cross of matter. But that's interesting that you put time. So tell me what you, uh, well, for me, I always just relay it again, coming from, um, you know, looking at graphs and doing the studies is, and also from the, the previous model, which is the Chinese model too, that I learned, mm-hmm. um, it's the, the young line is yeah. the, the vertical line. It is, uh, it is the axis of time. Mm-hmm. And then the yin line is the horizontal, it is the axis of space. And the horizontal, like so the, the young line, because the, the erect is father sky. Yeah. And that always talks about time, while the horizontal mother earth area always talks about manifestations. Yeah. So to me, the axis of uh, cross and matter is that, you know, cross is that's, you know, like that's existence. It's when time meets matter. You know, that's life on earth. That's us taking embodiment. And because there's so much time, right, that never cross the axis of matter. And they're not, I mean, they're here, but they're not within our interactions of frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so so yeah. we're actually seeing two different uh, mm-hmm. interpretations that we can take of this. And this is Absolutely. exactly what we're talking yeah. about because mm-hmm. it's abstract, you know? And, yeah. and, and we're all, you know, we're just divining kind of what we can get from it. Oh, um, right. And there can be so many pluralities there. And that's the exciting uh-huh. part of it, actually. And it can get very wormhole as you go Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And I even, oh my God, I even wrote it right here. So we talk about the yin-yang, but I always look at the east-west of things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yang is the Eastern language, but the Western language is this as well, which is Gaia, you know. So we see the, Gaia as the horizontal line, mother of all mo- matter, a mother of all mother, mother yeah. of all matter and mothers, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, and then Uranus, we mm-hmm. see is, that father sky fabric of time and that mm-hmm. vertical uh erect very erect right right. (laughs) and it's really interesting too because i realized this in wine lingos you Mm -hmm. know when you say oh you know you have a vertical of barolo conterno it just means you have a vertical means like you have the 71 you have the 72 you have the 70 you know you have a collection that is in a row so even in a different language even as a business language this you know, holistic language always shows through, and I always just smile. I'm like, you just smile, you're because yes, yeah, you're talking so many things, and uh-huh. don't even know. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, and, well, and so that's I had read something about uh, Young, and you know, him saying that the symbols can never be fully interpreted, uh, no. only experienced absolutely because of their abstract nature, um, mm-hmm. and and how we read into the significance. And so it's and so it goes back to actually how we started the whole conversation with it being, uh-huh. you know, glyphs are essentially this smaller representation for a much larger concept. <laughs> it's um, alphabet. It's the alphabet itself. And I feel like that's where my passion is because, you know, having studied astrology for like a decade plus now, um, different forms, you know, um, I realized where I, where the turning point where things I was memorizing things mm-hmm. versus understanding. understanding. <laughs> um, That's so, so Gemini 
Sagittarius, isn't it? (laughs) And that's, you know, um, I had an EA reading, actually, um, Sabrina Monarch. Mm -hmm. Um, We have coffee one day and we have different house system, of course. And then Mm -hmm. um, I read, uh, she read mine and hers, where then my nodal axis is now is Gemini Sagittarius, Mm -hmm. um, the third and the ninth house. And I was like, wow, I never really thought about it that way before because I've never seen my chart like that before. But it's really relevant to me because I know my whole work is about Mercury and Jupiter in conversation. Yeah. You know, it's how to, you know, this concept that I have, you know, like I, from art, the, the allness, the, the Jupiterness of all things. But I'm like, I don't know why my whole idea is like, I want to be like the Mr. Rogers. Like, I want like little kids knowing square, you know, I'm like, sun square my moon right now. Wouldn't that be so cute? It would be a whole different world. (laughs) Oh, I have God kids and we're, we're teaching them. So (laughs) (laughs) start me young folks. I know. (laughs) I know. So yeah, in the beginning, um, that was, my passion was um, this whole thing was actually Misa's mystery school. Mm-hmm. And I, it was just kind of a side gig, me um, telling, uh, you know, that our young minds, the, the archetypal stories, whether it's from different pantheons and in a way they can understand it, you know? And um, I, I like it. I love it. It fills my heart with joy to A, be the wisdom keeper of this body of knowledge that mm. I love, we love so yeah. much. You know, and it's we very, <laughs> well, it's very, that's, I like that you bring up uh, kind of the mm-hmm. mer, uh, Mercury-Jupiter journey to it because that's right. exactly what it is. You know, Mercury spreads the good word and Jupiter mm-hmm. is bringing the abstract concept right. to it. It's faith. In the bigger right. picture, yes. Right. And as someone with a Mercury-Jupiter conjunction, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I... I feel like that I'm on that mission as well. But it's also the mission that just excites me to be able to even take the mercurial role of sharing that with other people. Uh So, um, all right. So let us get into our, let's go down the list and and talk about these glyphs. And of course, the first place we're going to start is the sun and the moon, you know, because duh. (laughs) Actually, if I can segue a little bit, the, the reason... Again, even the glyphs were deciding the type of astrology that I was doing. Okay. So what had happened was, um, you know, at that point, I was kind of like, okay, okay. And I'm like learning so many things. I felt like I have to pick a school. I, keep, I, like, I have to, you know, okay. Tropical, you have to niche down, niche right, down. Like, niche down, <laughs> like make decisions, you know. And then like, of course, the first thing that I have to decide is tropical or sidereal calculations. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have to stick with tropical because just the way the glyphs work and, um, and it, it's, it's definitely, to be fair, it is earth astrology, tropical is, mm-hmm. you know? It is, and that's it, true. You know, and sidereal is astrology, you know, like looking at the stars, with less connectivity to the procession of the equinox. Equinox, yes. Because even right. then there's another constellation beyond Absolutely. that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But I'm an equinox gal. Um, you Me know, too. so yeah, right? 
<laughs> that's everything. So that's, the, so that's the deciding factor. And, you know, once you're an equinox person and you're a solstice person, then you're an angle person. You that's know? right. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, but the first thing we talked about already, the glyph that I noticed immediately, and of course we have a gamut like Rahu, Ketu, North Note, you know, Pallas Athena, Cirrus. But I come from um, more of fondness for, again, my love for history, so ancient astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I studied uh, Demetra George work as mm-hmm. well as um, uh, the uh, Chris Brennan's Hellenistic uh, course. So that really influenced me. Um, I fell in love with the schema of Thema Mundi and mm-hmm. sticking with the seven traditional planets rulership. And the moment was when I start drawing the glyphs, another thing kind of comes through as well was that, oh my God, we, I have never subscribed or opt-in to do the seven days ritual. You know, the Sunday, the Monday, the Wednesday, you know, and each one of this, us as a collective, you know, we decide what Sunday is, you know, it's a day of rest to come back to you. You know, it's like, and the Monday, why do you think I have Monday blues? You should start work day on Mars day. Anyway, I know, but, right? But, <laughs> Which but, actually I do. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, and, um, so that moment when I start, I'm starting to like, oh my God, I feel I always going to pick what's obvious. Mm-hmm. That's my school of astrology. The seven days and seven traditional planets, we live it. I'm going to live by that, you know? And then I start gr- drawing the glyphs. And of course, beyond the realm of Saturn, the glyphs change. But within the seven traditional planets, and here, if you're on the video, this is the first time I drew it and I'm like sentimental. <laughs> so I realized that you only need you know, the crescent, the circle, and the cross to draw the seven days of the week. And also, it's so magical for me to kind of realize, I'm like, oh my God, you know, us and if we time travel and we can talk to other astrologers by just drawing this glyph and they'll get it, you know? Anyways. That's the abstract. That's the language. Absolutely. (laughs) This is a language that remains with us today. And there's something beyond sacred, you know, to to still beeping this, you know, truth. The same same signal, you know. Absolutely. It's it's timeless at at that point. Yes. So we we begin, of course, with the sun, with just the circle, and that is Sunday, right? And in other language, like Italian, you even hear it, that it's Domenica sun is at home in the minion, you yes. know? And then you have lunedi, Monday, moon, you know, that's Monday. And it's now I'm off on Monday and that's the day where I do most self-care mm. and journal, you know, you're a moon person. I go with the flow on yeah. Monday. Monday's yeah. like my flow day, okay. you know, like. Perfect, <laughs> exactly. I love that too. And then you have Tuesday. Now, this is where... Um, I stick with the old school. I know that the popular Mars glyph is a circle and there's an arrow to the side. However, 
I chose that my Mars is still the old version, which is the opposite of Venus. Yes. So instead of the cross, um, well, in, instead of the arrow, I put the cross above the circle. Now, for me, it was, um, and I get a lot of hits, you know, it's like, oh my God, you don't, you don't even know Glyph, like your, your Mars is wrong. And I'm like, you don't that know. That was the first one. That, that was, was the first one. It was. It was literally Absolutely. upside down of Venus. Absolutely. And f- also, I love the elegance of the schema, you know? Mm-hmm. that. Um, and then I start realizing one thing too. Oh, wow. This just talks to me completely. Because the moment we talk about the glyph of Mercury which has all three and the only one that has all three because sun, moon have singular and then, you know, like uh, Jupiter, Saturn and Mars, Venus, they only have this two glyphs kind of interconnected together. Mm-hmm. But with Mercury, the sign of androgyny, which is both male and female, is the only one that has three. And this is the connector. So I'm like, oh my God, this is what Mercury... Anyway, so for me... Well, it's literally connecting the week too. If you think about right. your, your mm-hmm. week schema, it being yes. dead center, hump day, it, right? We call yes. it hump day. <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Mercury then, of course, I'm ruled by Mercury and I have a special fondness for, you know, it's it's about all, you know, it's communicating what's eternal, what's here. And of course, Mercury just wants to communicate and cross-pollinate. And then I start realizing, um, you know, with the benefic and malefic, for example, you know, um, you have um, our benefic, which is um, Venus and Jupiter. The Both the eternal uh, circle as well as the crescent, it is rising above the axis cross and matter. Yes. So I'm like, oh, benefit. It's when you rise above the axis, you know? Mm -hmm. And then malefic is when you're pretty much, you know, (laughs) you know? It's below. (laughs) You know, and then Saturn is like, literally, I realized this. I'm like, oh my God, Saturn is the cross that we bear, literally. Like, it's the cross on our moon, the most sensitive yes. part. Is like, bleh, you or know? you think about the cross on your back, like the, just mm-hmm. the, the weight of it uh, that is, you know, that hold your the world versus mm-hmm. being grounded in the spirit of, yeah. of Jupiter and, and rooting that down into the cross of matter. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, this is why it was like, oh my God, Mars is, of course, have that consistency again of that malefic, you know? The cross is pressing against the, the circle the, of eternal. The spirit, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I guess ancient astrology it is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Seven traditional rulership. So that's how I even decide how I do astrology, you know? Um, my Uranus is I use the symbol of the sun and then the arrow. That's for me, that's more Uranian. Yeah, the iron, um, uh, iron gold. Uh, chemical combination mm-hmm. of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll see Uranus and, and Pluto both. You'll see... Um, the two glyphs. Two different glyphs. And, yeah. and, the, and that can be confusing, actually, with the, the alternate Uranus glyph that you just mm-hmm. spoke of because yeah. it can look like the Mars one, but really we got to remember... Up. Right. Yeah, but we got to remember that this, mm-hmm. 
the alternate Uranus glyph, you know, it looks like a sun. You're going to see that dot in the center versus not seeing the dot. Mm -hmm. And Um, the arrow is pointing straight up vertical instead of angled Mars. Yes. Or unless if you draw it like Nisa, (laughs) you'll get, (laughs) although you don't use the, you don't use the arrow. You use the, you've uh, gotten rid of the virility of Mars (laughs) and and kept it with uh, the original. And especially, I, I feel like I teach a lot of fundamentals and I, you know, I will let them know. But in, in, in the meantime, in the beginning, I think that's so important to also a reminder of that benefic malefic as well as, you know, um, and then the, the gender as well, you know, yeah. and then what's at play, you know, Ju- with Jupiter, Moon is at play, you know, with Mars, Sun is at play. Um, so, yeah, in well, that way. And it's so interesting too, because mm-hmm. when we look at, um, I love the idea of going through the days of the week and like, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Um, my mind's twisting now. I'll, I'll be thinking about that after <laughs> I'll be doing after on that. Um, uh-huh. but what, what kind of one thing is I wanted to say about the sun and the moon when we just think about it and how we are really deriving all these symbols off these three basic points that we were talking about, yeah. the, the circle, the crescent and, mm-hmm. and the cross. The cross. Yeah. Um, and what's so interesting about the sun and the moon and being our primary luminaries, right? There's mm-hmm. what's guiding us with the principle of the mm-hmm. you know masculine, clear consciousness mm-hmm. of the sun, um, mm-hmm. and where we de- you know develop and evolve. Uh, where we have that moon, which is more of that soul and that psyche, mm-hmm. and it lies below kind of the surface and is more darker and more feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. It's interesting because the soul really helps and that moon principle helps us to uh, kind of be, it's the intermediate between the world of spirit and the realm right. of matter. Right. Um, it's our so personality, it's, right? It's our, it's our, you know, the, the, the temporary interface that we embody. Well, you know. And the what's what's always below too, because that's mm-hmm. the thing is what we end up manifesting in the real world and what drives the conscious mm-hmm. awareness of the spirit is mm-hmm. the actual soul that's always percolating underneath. Right. Um, and which is the mystery that is life because we mm-hmm. can have the goal, we can have the conscious awareness, we can get what we need done. But there's mm-hmm. always this mysterious force that is within us that is receptive that is you know that is but not in right. <laughs> receptive but not in some respects mm-hmm. because it's always pushing us in this mm-hmm. uh very dark kind of way not dark it's like a different evil way. but dark right. like oh it has to get to the surface it has to get to mm-hmm. the manifestation and so it serves as that but mm-hmm. when i was thinking of the sun and the moon together um because here we know the sun is the circle with the dot mm-hmm. in the center which makes right. oh so much sense the center of our you know universe. universe right but also i you know to me i look at it and the first thing i see is an eye and mm-hmm. the in the iris and in the mm-hmm. pupil and when you think about the pupil the eye and how it lets light in right mm-hmm. it contracts and dilates depending yes. on how much light is coming in and mm-hmm. filtering um and that's really that conscious mm-hmm. awareness uh yeah. um that is at the center of everything that kind of motivates us mm-hmm. uh whereas the moon um and being that, that, cause the moon is actually two crescents put together. Cause the crescent yes. is just a line. So we actually need the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first started drawing glyphs, actually, I was drawing 
the crescent going out towards the right. And then when I started mm-hmm. to look, I was like, wait, no, it's going to the left. Mm-hmm. And really that's because that it's pointed to the left because we know that the moon brings up memories and the mm-hmm. soul. And that's where mm-hmm. the past lives mm-hmm. and we can, or where we're conditioned by the past right. and, and yes. previous lifetimes, if you believe mm-hmm. in those things. Mm-hmm. And so here we have that sun with the circle and the moon with the crescent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and neither one of those luminaries involve the cross of matter, right? We're not to the point of manifestation yet. It's yes. just the the principle of the masculine and, mm-hmm. and the feminine. And then, of course, we meet at Earth, right? Because we didn't talk about Earth because Earth gets a glyph, right? Right. Yeah. The Earth also gets a glyph. And to me, that is the, you know, before we talking about the 12 houses, let's talk about just the quadrant, you know? Yeah. Because the moment you... You you impose the cross on the circle. You have you know a lot of fortune. Um, but yes. Also this this pie that is divided by four. Mm-hmm. And when you divide things by four in astrology, we call it quadruplicity. Yeah. But in everywhere else, it's just called dividing shit into four. Sorry. I, <laughs> Because I'm just sort of like, okay, because people, I, 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 I'm almost kind of like every time someone's trying to make something more obscure, I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's bring it to like, again, Mr. Rogers language. If Mila and Miksu, my God kids, if they don't understand this, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tra- like, I'm, I'm training them young. So they're like five, Mila's going to be five this week, my little Pisces no. and Miksu, um, you know, as, um, 12 and, and like, they should understand these things because they look at night sky, right? Mm-hmm. They already know sun oppositions. They know these things. So, you know, um, I, I like to play around with even kids and how they absorb astrology, you know? Um, and, you know, to kind of like, oh, my moon is hurting right now. It's my feelings. Is hurting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my moon is hurting just to hear that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so anyways, yeah. So the, the, the four elements thing, it's like we talk about, like we use this. He's so earthy. He's so down to earth. Oh my God, she's on fire. Oh my God, what a wet blanket. (laughs) You know, I mean, fire, earth, water. Like we know this language all all the time. We just never integrate the language of astrology anymore and see it as an obscure occult thing while it's actually the underlying structure of our symbolism and our language and our clock and our schedule and it's the bones of our rational, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I like that you bring up the idea of four um, because mm-hmm. in, uh, numerologically speaking, mm-hmm. four is the basis of structure or foundation. And when we're talking about a cross of matter, then obviously mm-hmm. there is some sort of structure that is holding it all. Right. Uh, um, and mm-hmm. so even just the number four and thinking about the, mm-hmm. the solidity and the stability and yes. the... the Mm-hmm. The manifestation power of that too, because mm-hmm. you need all those four angles to give us yeah. a strong foundation. Right. Um, but then I love how you brought up the also just bringing it back to even thinking about the axes um, mm-hmm. and keeping it 
it, that cross, it looks like the cross on the wheel. And when we think of the wheel, what's been around forever, and you'll see this in tarot too, is the wheel of fortune. You Absolutely. know, these are different points on the, <laughs> on the axes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all what grounds us in the movement of the earth and how mm-hmm. we even manifest uh, yeah. in life. And, and you'll notice too that the earth, you know, uh, and the earth is always opposite the sun. I know that that's a simple thing that mm-hmm. probably it's just, I'm just going to state it for, just in case. But <laughs> forgotten though. Like but you, forgotten. Forgotten. <laughs> yes. Forgotten. I mean, we, first of all, people that's like, oh my God, you have no idea how many people still live on flat earth. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Right, I, I know. It's, I know it's a reality. It's a sad cross and, of matter reality. <laughs> and, and I am, and I am not even talking about the flat earther. You know, <laughs> I'm not even talking about the flat earther. But the fact that people chuckle at astrology yeah. as though we're not living on planet Earth, yeah, as though that you know we just live on this level plane, and then there's glimmering skylights that people play and then sometimes you know it's not our reality our reality is this is floating infinity and then there's this whole system that we're a part of that we're observing that is actually the most obvious of all things and people are so cocky to think they're beyond this yeah I know that will give you a good laugh. That will give you a good laugh. Well, this is why we have, you know, us astrologers, we clump together because we get it, you know? But also, we have to always have compassion that, oh, of course, we're not engineered to think for ourselves anymore. The media, the shortness of our life, the perspective, the, the society that engineered self-importance, you know, mm-hmm. this really clouds the, the, the vision that we have for really living, you know, because also this four cardinality, you know, we express in season. Mm-hmm. Never, it, you know, like it never fails. You know, the solstice, the equinox, they don't fail. Yeah, the wheel always turns. The wheel it always turns. turns. You might get off the ride from time to time. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, but the wheel is uh-huh. always turning. <laughs> and then so I always comes back to like, okay, once you agree on the equinox, okay, let, now let's talk astrology. Zero degree Aries. Mm-hmm. That's spring equinox. Zero degree Libra. That's the fall. You know, and then the solstices is the zero degree Cancer Capricorn, yes. of course. And so when I, you know, and of course I bring it again to our circadian rhythm. We live the seasons in different cycles, right? Like we live the, we die every time in a way, like we exercise death when we sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and then we wake up again and it's like we have the four seasons in a day. We have the seven planets in a week. We have the cycle of the moon in a month. And then we have the tour of the sun across the zodiacs in a year. This is a com- complex calendar system. And it has been written since 
forever. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. We're back to the space and time. Oh my gosh, the space and time. Oh, that reminds me. I like how because that is true. When we go to sleep at night, it is like a, it's like a mini death. It is part of yeah. that that regeneration process. And I actually made a joke. Actually, right before I got on this call mm-hmm. with you, I was saying, you know, I I can use a vacation. I was like, honestly, my ideal vacation would be if I could just literally die for two days. If they could just like put me out. <laughs> if I could just be dead for two days and then come back. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, just don't I wanna... right. This, I, I don't really want that. to, but no, I, no, no. It was a joke, and it was funny to me. Well, I think there's something to be said about that. I have, uh, I have a technical term for that. Mm. I call it. I'm gonna 12th house myself. Mm. I'm gonna just 12th house myself. I'm in a 12th oh, house perfected month right now too. So maybe oh, that's really? why I'm saying. <laughs> I see. I'm in a perfected year. 12th house. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I've been there. <laughs> right. I'm a stellium in Virgo. Mm-hmm. And I know Prince Harry is also having a 12 year perfection. But <laughs> we're having a totally different year. Because for me, for stellium in Virgo, and also with no major planets in the 12th house, it's been a self imposed 12th house. I, I, been writing more than ever. I love it. And you know, in order for you to write, you need the private time to tinker with your creation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been so selfish with me that I, I, I'm like, Nisa is just for the writing right now. Like Nisa's not going out, you know? Yeah. You're behind um, the scenes. You're, pre- you're prepping. I'm that's behind, essentially what 12 right. House does. It right. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I called my, um, my monastic, <laughs> the monastic yes, pretty much, well, yeah. you know, and it couldn't be good. So, because I know the 12th house sometimes can cast fear. Um, but I've been having the best year of my life, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because also that, um, it's really interesting because we're talking about perfection, also kind of coincide with some year, you know, it's depending on the, the year with your Jupiter return mm-hmm. too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I cannot complain about my Jupiter return. It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> I know. Well, you, do you have Jupiter over in Sag? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. I'm Jupiter Capricorn, three degrees. So it's definitely have oh. like Mars activation, yes. Pisces activation. And, and it was part of the recent solar eclipse. Absolutely. Uh, close enough. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll be yeah. a Jupiterian period for Nisa. Yeah. Most yeah. certainly. Which, who doesn't like a little Jupiter? I know I like. I like, we like, we like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now to continue mm-hmm. on our journey and kind of where we left off with the idea of, um, or like what I was saying with the, the sun and the moon, kind of mm-hmm. either of them being part of that cross of matter and then us right. talking about the earth mm-hmm. and then how you brought up earlier, how Mercury is the uh, first symbol and the only symbol within the traditional planets mm-hmm. to embody all three, all three. things. Right. You know, and we know that he's like, or it, or it's androgynous both, spirit right. of it, both, whatever you want to call it, all, <laughs> all and none. Right, know. right. Um, it mm-hmm. is always, it is bridging the gap. You know, it's the, yep. the psychopomp energy that goes from mm-hmm. above in the consciousness to the below of mm-hmm. the underworld. or in, mm-hmm. And also working with alchemy and right. um, being and- that intermediary connector mm-hmm. because in order to manifest things in life and be mm-hmm. that magician, you know, which mm-hmm. is a very mercurial mm-hmm. thing, 
we have to bring spirit down to earth, right? Right. To, it has to filter right. on through um, mm-hmm. and have that connection. And so right. I just loved Mercury's symbol. Right. Really- well, let's just put it this way. With Mercury, Mercury brings the sun and the moon to the earth, right? Yeah, exactly. Of, right. And then the other thing too, once you learn, you know, what, what, oh, wow, it really is happy on this, you know, bridging the gap. You realize that if you learn planetary joys, Mercury is happy in the first house mm-hmm. and it's exalted in Virgo. Where is it? Right under the horizon. Again, these two things, right? So yeah. I don't know. I feel like That's right. I'm always stuck in the first 12 pages of any astrology book because I'm like, oh my God, look at the symmetry and just like, oh wow, you know? Um, and then just... You know, you see, that's back, but that's your gift of symbolism, right? That's the gift of symbolism. Because when that's that's when you know you have a symbolic mind, because not everybody works in abstracts and symbolism. Some people need it a little more legit. But if you are one of these people, (laughs) like uh, it seems like both of us are, you Mm -hmm. you look at something that seems so simple that a lot of people would just turn the page on. Right. And you'll sit right. there and unpack it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, like that's how it is. <laughs> and, um, so and again, it was like my my I don't know how you got into, you know, like I feel like with astrologers, every school and every object that we use in our astrology is so autobiographical, right? Yeah. Like it's our autobiography because we develop intimate um conversation with that symbol. So we know how to unravel it in somebody else. Yeah. It's always through our own eyes first. It's exactly. Our so, own sun eyes, right? Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, which is happens, you know. Um, when, you know, I put out my content, sometimes there are other astrologers that tells me how to do my own astrology. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sorry. I think maybe you should start your own channel and leave me alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I it's not like I'm leaving them out for you know like by accident. I'm a stellium in Virgo. I fought like, this I for years. Out. And, you know, <laughs> I checked my resources. <laughs> I'm like, who are you to come in? And anyways, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, but it's I, true. It's true. It's like it, you, who are you? You know, because who are it, you to troll and then impose your own astrology onto? Another astrologers, because I feel like if you're deep enough in the craft, you realize that each, you know, the way you're intimate with it is how another person is intimate with their process, mm-hmm. you know, and then they share their process, you know. Um, yeah, because I mean, uh, I don't use all the ass, like I don't use all the objects. I don't use all the lots. I don't use everything that I've ever learned because, you know, like a, a normal reading, 90 minutes, oh, yeah. two you hours. <laughs> <laughs> How many, you know? And I feel like some of the, my best reading, it is, I love it because um, I love it when my client, I want to turn them into astrology. Like it's like, it's weird. Even though they, they don't want to know the chart, like they just want to read it to them. I'm like, but look, but look, look at this. You know, I'm like, yeah. Well, like it's the natural teacher. Right. I, I'm yeah. very much like that myself. I'll have to stop myself sometimes. Right. I'm like, I'm like not- you don't care. Oh, yes. you don't care. <laughs> you don't care about how tight this degree is. You don't care. But for me, it's 
you know? Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like some of my best reading is not when I, you know, show my bells and whistles, but when my client gets it. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they understand what Saturn is. They understand what Mercury is. They understand, oh, there's a time, there's an ending. There is, you know, like that's when I'm like, oh, I did great. And then after the reading and they're like, ask questions. And then I'm like, oh, watch this video. I'm like, oh my God, I am successful when I do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm... I'm, You're sparking the inspiration. I'm, uh, I'm a converter, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I'm, <laughs> tell me all about it. I'm like, let me. I'm on the soapbox in the streets, letting the people know. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let us uh, now. One thing. So I'm, of course, I'm going down mm-hmm. the planets because my mm-hmm. Saturn in Virgo just Absolutely. has no choice but to go yes. and. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the other planets too. Well, I talk uh, about the other planets. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. one of the things you know because keeping in the mind of um, the theme of what is in and what's left out. So here we have Venus and Mars and you already brought up the concept, especially in the way you relate to Mars of being Mm -hmm. the old glyph where it's just literally the reverse of Venus. The Um, the polarity. The polarity, exactly. And we know that they're the the lovers. They're the the feminine. We're Mm -hmm. back to that feminine masculine. I just want to bring back that polarity as well. And also the fact that the forgotten polarity is the Jupiter and Saturn polarity. Yes. But before we get to Jupiter, let's mm-hmm. hold on on Jupiter uh-huh. and Saturn. Because okay. what I wanted to say about Venus and Mars mm-hmm. um, was that we only see the circle and the cross. So we, right. there's no soul present. There's no, there mm-hmm. isn't the lunar, um, you know, component, right. component there. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just found that kind of interesting that it's just, it's, purely kind of masculine and conscious meets with some sort of um, uh, rooting down in the material world or that the time and space that you're talking mm-hmm. about um, where Venus obviously has that spirit at the top and is bringing mm-hmm. down the, the it is kind of rooted in that earth with mm-hmm. spirit crowning her mm-hmm. where Mars is the reverse and puts more of a, mm-hmm. a material. I have to go after and get whatever the spiritual conscious directive goal of that kind of solar like qualities that sits mm-hmm. beneath. And so, right. I mean, what do you, th- do you see anything there with like the fact that the crescent's missing or, you know, I don't know. I just thought uh, that was interesting. <laughs> well, I feel like the crescent is never missing when you're in a circle because. Oh, ooh, girl. <laughs> That's right. It's just two crescents coming together, isn't it? <laughs> right. Never missing. And, um, I actually, it was, it was through Tao Te Ching, mm-hmm. um, and it's one of the chapter. And it was really interesting because um, it talks about, oh my God, I can't, I'm going to butcher this right now, you know. But in the beginning, there's one. And then one into, turns into two. two. Mm-hmm. And then two turns into three. And in three exists all things. Things, yeah. And I was like, huh? You know, anyways, I, <laughs> and then I, I sit with that, right? And then again, I, I, I play with the glyphs to, so I play with the glyphs with, to run through so many things. You know, in the beginning, it's water. Again, so I have like my whole preparations for a class on Thema Mundi. So I actually investigate different pantheons on their relationship with water in every Genesis, 
Quran. It's always water. Mm-hmm. It's always moon first. It's always yin first. Yeah. So, and it makes a lot of sense. It goes back to the power of creation. It has to come from the nothingness. Womb. That's the, the womb. It's the, the womb, womb of the, the water. It's always feminine first because feminine house, is form, you know. Wealth house, Pisces, you know, this is um, Jupiter in a feminine sign. This is, you know, the womb. Um, so anyways, what was that? So wait, so let's, okay. So let's now uh, segue yeah. into the reversal of Jupiter in Saturn because Saturn. that's much like Venus right. and Mars. It's kind Absolutely. of that same principle. And I feel like this is forgotten because, you know, uh, even in the beginning of astrology, Jupiter, you know, like, you know, uh, Venus, sun and moon is almost this, you know, the, the, you know, of course, it's the sun and the moon, right? It's the god, mm-hmm. the goddess. And then, of course, it's Mars and Venus. This is the cosmic lovers, is the pair. And of course, then you have Mercury, which kind of have all three, which is androgynous, which is, in, you know. But then I start realizing again um, that, you know, um, and I realize this when I draw this. Uh, oh. Because right here. Um, so that the Jupiter here, you have the moon and, um, the cross being the masculine one. And I am those astrologers that is Saturn is feminine, you know? (laughs) And then, so when I actually, um, draw things again, um, I start, I'm like, okay, so you have three and three. So you have here, you know, this is the masculine, which is you have the sun, Jupiter, and Mars. Mm-hmm. This is all, all masculine planets. And of course, we know that, you know, masculine stands erect. So the upward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is this. And then, of course, um, here we have the downward triangle, the yoni, right? Yeah. The vag, I love it. Um, I love the downward triangle. And here you have Saturn, Venus, and Moon. That's right. And this speaks to me, you know, Jungian and everything. Mother, maiden, and crown. Crown, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm like, oh my God, okay, let's put this together. <laughs> you know, here we oh, go. There we see our sixth star. Yes, the two, so the fire is, and the water, essentially, of the triangles coming together. And, and so what, we have Mercury at the middle. Oh, look. So right here <laughs> in the picture, you will see the, you know, um, the Hebrew claimed it now. Um, but this is the oldest alchemical hermetic language. It is the, the marrying of the masculinity, the trilogy of the masculine with the trilogy of the feminine. And Mercury, you know, communication is the key yeah. of merging the polarity, right? Right. And so, alchemizing them all together. Absolutely. Just as, yeah. So for me, this is the schema I teach. This yeah. is the how I unfold everything. This is the seven days. This is the seven chakras. This is all the sevens, you know? Yeah. And then from the sevens, we then have the twelfth. Because you have the sovereign, right? Which is mm-hmm. the sun and the moon. And then, then the planets divided the two into masculine and feminine. So then you have the 12. Yeah. Anyways, 
That's we see of, a lot of balance though, right? You know, and that's yeah. the thing is we just come mm-hmm. back to this. Symmetry. And so, it's symmetry. symmetry. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and like so, when people talk about sacred geometry. Yes. It's encoded in the, in this is the layout, you know? So, yes. And, and so just so you know, because this is an audio only cast, I right. will take a picture of Nisa <laughs> and her picture there. Cause it's actually very cute. And she says, so we'll, you'll be able to see this on the website. So you Thank can see her you. diagram, Thank um, you. but just so you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, a, a, a upward facing triangle and a downward facing triangle put together. Um, mm-hmm. and then putting those masculine and the feminine correspondences together together with Mercury sitting right smack dab in the middle of our star. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's, Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we so we see. Okay, so we're seeing right. this Venus, Mars. We're seeing this Jupiter, Saturn. We're seeing right. now. Of course, we're talking mostly about the um, traditional planets here, right? But you know, outer planets and all I, this. I feel like we got to get into because the interesting thing about the outer planets. Um, I'm all we, about it too. Yeah. Although we're going to see alternative glyphs for both Uranus and Pluto, mm-hmm. but. Um, and but really Uranus and Pluto both are the only ones other than Mercury that are mm-hmm. sitting with the all three, you know, the the circle, mm-hmm. the crescent, and mm-hmm. the uh, cross of matter there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uranus, you know, being a Uranian person myself, of course, mm-hmm. I really identify <laughs> with this planet. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you look at Uranus, and we already kind of talked, we already talked about the alternate glyph where it's like the yes. sun glyph with the the mm-hmm. uh, the erect cross of matter on the top, but mm-hmm. more commonly, you're going to see the kind of small spear, uh, circle of spirit, and with then the a, a bigger cross of matter, and then the two moons, yeah, and then and well, the thing is interesting because mm-hmm. either you're going to see the two moons of the the uh, you know mm-hmm. the soul crescent, mm-hmm. or a lot of times you see it just as the vertical the line, line. Um, right. which mm-hmm. if it comes back to the idea of that being the mind, as far mm-hmm. as well, well, what I was taking the vertical line as the mind, and you were saying time, mm-hmm. right? As the vertical mm-hmm. line. Um, and I started thinking about this. Time uh, progressed forward. Yes, it, yeah. exactly. And so I started to mm-hmm. think about this and I like the, both the idea of the mind and time fit into what I'm thinking with this. Because so here we mm-hmm. have um, those two lines or crescents that are bracketed by the cross of matter. Um, and when we think of, and, and so say, let's say that we have the crescent and what I was saying earlier before about the moon with it facing, uh, you know, left, it has this looking to the past. And so if we look at the crescent on one side, looking to the past and we have the other crescent on the other side, looking to the future. And then we have the cross of matter literally stuck in the middle of the past and the future. And the one thing I know, especially about being a uh, Uranian myself, is that Uranus very much works in the now and it's very little, literally a catalytic component. Um, and a lot of times when Uranus is activated, it can give us clarity and awareness and freedom from the past Mm-hmm. While also, you know, giving us what we need and that innovative mm-hmm. spark and what we need in the exact moment, even if it can be a little rocky, mm-hmm. to then go forward into the future. And so I just thought that was interesting or maybe thinking about the left and the right brains, you know, yeah. linking up. And so that's what I was looking at with Uranus. I think you're definitely, I love your observations on the glyph and your personal reflections. I'm definitely going to sit with that. But w- for me... Um, 
with the glyphs, I go back to the school of that each of these outer planets are the higher octave of the previous yes. base one that we've known. So here, um, Uranus for me is the higher octave of Mercury. Yeah, we're back to Mercury, right? And we we're can see in the glyph, right? To Mercury is the one with more intricacy, right? Yeah. Um, and again, um, and I learned this from um, Morris Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uranus is missing a past component because it's so future oriented. Which is funny because I was just saying it contained one. <laughs> Why? Well, <laughs> well, I think it, 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 any future needs to have a root as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So, you know, we, where you're going is part of where you've been. <laughs> right, exactly. We're just the victors of our ancestors, you yeah. know? So, but I think the, the Uranus just have this, again, this thrust of progression, you know, of breaking through. Um, because, you know, sometimes Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they all symbolize transformation. In they some way, in different ways, right. right? Yeah. So, but then, but then, you know, you, you can't use the umbrella terms before, but you have to kind of understanding that essence again. The transformation through what though? Again, Uranus is transformative in the higher octave of Mercury kind of way. Neptune, it is transformative in a way kind of like in a higher octave of Venus kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know? And then of course, Pluto is, you know, is higher octave in a Marsy kind of way, you know? Yeah. So, and again, with my correlation with the glyph, so for me, the Pluto, of course, my favorite, it is the cauldron, right? It's like... It is. It's the cauldron. It was the, the cup of spirit almost, you know? Cooking, like, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's all, yeah, that says it all. That says it all. It really Pluto's does. Pluto's transit <laughs> is a cauldron and it looks like that, you know? Um, oh yeah, I had written down how I thought you know it looked very chalice-like, um, but uh, also thinking about because in the chalice or the cauldron or the cu- whatever we want to call it, that little mm-hmm. circle of of spirit, and we notice that also too in your in the Uranus symbol because mm-hmm. our circle gets a little smaller, right? Oh um, my with god, Pluto, with Pluto, <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> it, it's it's sitting on top in Pluto, but right. in Uranus, it's sitting at the bottom, the bottom. and so. Yeah. To me, I was thinking about the Pluto component of having that circle up at the top and kind of being encased in this, uh, you know, chalice or cauldron-like. Um, it should know, tell design. you it's not a casual planet. <laughs> well, it, well, it's it's also it's percolating. It's it's yeah. cultivating. It's purifying. Mm-hmm. It's there. In, it's rooted in maybe some sort of treasure that Ooh. has to go through some sort of alchemical process. To then that's rooted down into uh, the spirit of matter when it finally gets there. Mm-hmm. But something's cooking within that. Um, yeah. And. Oh, and then thinking about Uranus on the other hand and having that little small <laughs> spirit uh, down at Poor the bottom yeah. that is like centered in it all. Because when you think of Uranus too, mm-hmm. um, part of the Uranian component is the idea of gen- genius or brilliance. Mm-hmm. And so here we have this little, you know, small circle of cr- spirit that is going to come up to manifest in its, you know, in its strength in, in real life form because the cross especially with Uranus, is so strong. It's like the, probably the strongest part of it right. to me. It, it overwhelms the, the... It overwhelms the glyph, right? Right, And so there is that like... Sp- 
spark of like spirit or brilliance or genius that comes mm-hmm. up and it roots up and it's mm-hmm. like that earthquake, right? You, we think of Uranus right. that's quaking, something's mm-hmm. coming up from below to mm-hmm. expose itself. Um, and so I just really loved playing with the idea of those little spirit dots on both oh, Uranus and Pluto absolutely. and being reversed. And I even, you know, what comes to me when it comes to outer planet, because when you talk about the seven traditional planets, these are in a way within us, yeah. right? Our, our components that we, our personal planets. Yeah. Outer planets, it's beyond us. Yes. Right? <laughs> Especially if your outer planets conjunct an angle or sun, moon rising, you know, this is then you become the epitome of that placement degree symbols or whatever. And um, so the thing with outer planets, I feel like here's, here's, here's the, um, here's the metaphor. Neptune. It's like a tsunami, (laughs) right? It is literally too. It's the manifestations of Neptune is this water that just in like this titanic degree just washes over you and just well and the, the water because the water sits at the top there uh mm-hmm. but then it sits on the cross of matter but what you'll notice is that mm-hmm. it's pierced yeah so the water you know it, it the soul pierces Mm-hmm. the the matter and we know that neptune mm-hmm. comes around with certain types of loss and we know loss can be washed nebulous. away right? yeah. so that, the, the, yeah. the nebulous quality the mm-hmm. suffering quality that can come with yeah. neptune when your heart is pierced your soul is pierced right yeah oh. absolutely oh neptune. <laughs> oh neptune so yeah neptune is tsunami it is for me it's true <laughs> pluto is volcano Okay, right. so we're seeing the volcano with the, the it makes lava sense. coming out, but also what comes after the volcano is new spring. It's a, this fertile soil, mm. which I think Pluto really, it's like we underestimate the other side after that lava comes out. You yeah. know, you let it sit for a while and then compost to the, you know, like let it, you know, to destruct it to the composting soil where the new life can actually thrive upon yeah. that composting point. So this talks about demolishment. This is talking about like World War II, right? The, you know, like USSR when like, what is factions anymore? And then you have to rebuild. So that's a Pluto thing. Well, and it reminds me too, because when we think about Pluto transits in general, we know if you've been through one, it lasts a long time. And there's slow. very, it's yes, it's slow. slow. <laughs> and with so there's all these three planets, they're yeah. so low. But yeah. really with Pluto, Pluto you know, you can planet. get like a good five hits on that. And, and, that sh- and that shows the stages that we have to mm-hmm. get through to get to the new life. You know, first you go through the volcanic process, mm-hmm. um, but then you get to, you know, later on, you get to the rich of what you're talking mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, it had to be uh, birthed through the volcanic right. process, yeah. but through it, the new life or the treasure um, is mm-hmm. there as long as the volcano didn't uh, take us with it <laughs> when it, you know, and the, that's the, the harder part with Pluto transits is actually just uh, rising into the new life. Um, and right. Or just surviving down. it. Or yeah, just exactly. Breathing, just breathing exactly. through another day of existence. <laughs> so, you- how about Uranus then? What's our natural disaster with Uranus? <laughs> Anything that's sudden, right? Yeah. 
earthquake, um, dust bowl. I think dust bowl was so uranium. Oh, right? That's interesting. A tornado. <laughs> tornado. Uh, tornadoes. Um, thunder, right? Yeah, uh, lightning. Lightning. Yeah, I guess they're else. paired. <laughs> right. They're kind of like, you know. You don't get one without the other. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's a sudden quality to a phenomenon of Uranus. But in that flash, and it's also fast, you know, yes. Uranus is fast. So it's not kind of like the lingering pain like Pluto. Uranus is kind of like car accident and yeah. like everything changed afterwards. So it's right. It's not like cancer for 10 years, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a different kind of, you know. Yes. Or, it's a different pain that's fast and or quick. Or alchemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Potent, though. All three really potent. That's right. I feel like the reason being, it's not like I don't use them. They're so prevalent. Um, you know, like especially when it comes to transit reading, I always look at outer planets transiting personal that's, I think it's most felt, you know? Um, so yeah, it's not like I use them, but for someone who never delved into astrology, just that getting the seven first, you know, like just learn how to, you know, walk first before you run and learn yeah. how to run and do steps before you dance. You know, yes. it's just kind of like this building blocks. This um, is a public service message to not start with Pluto. <laughs> You never, okay, you never know though. I think every segue into astrology is, is always good. You're you right, know? you're right. You're but right. I, I find a lot of people get into Pluto and it's like, it becomes like... <laughs> well, first of all, I'm sure they're Pluto and Scorpio. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right about that. Yeah. So they're, That's funny. They're just kind of like, they know it's like in them. You're yeah. like, it is the thing. In That's hilarious. The thing. Pluto's everything. <laughs> I love evolutionary astrology. I think some of the yeah. best... Um, and of course, that archetypal language and that depth of psychology. Oh yeah. Um, the the nor the nodal axis gets such a thorough treatment. Yeah. Um, and, and I I use them as well. You know. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm, I love evolutionary astrology. Don't get me wrong. I have like. Yeah, a, I yeah, just yeah, think yeah. it's kind of funny. Well, well you sometimes. It's so advanced, you know, you yes. have to know the basic ones first. Exactly. You know? Well, that's what I'm getting at. Because yeah. a lot of times I'll sit down with people who, you know, just getting in there and they'll know so much about Pluto <laughs> and they'll they know so know much. Know that, <laughs> you know. Or like the, you know, when we're talking about mm -hmm. the basic makeup, like you were saying, the seven planets where really if we need it, walk before you run, right, like right, before right. you get to this bigger concept, because mm -hmm. the bigger concept might cloud you to really the meat of everything that you can get out of your, right. you know, the yeah. chart experience um, mm -hmm. through this other force that is clearly mm -hmm. needs um, recognition, but also mm. doesn't need to overtake the whole chart and what it can right. tell you. <laughs> and, and I understand your concern as well, because um, you have to consider the, the prioritizing the dominance, you know? Like, yes, that's what I'm trying if, to say. If you have, you know, sun square moon, Forget everything else. Let's just talk about that for like 40 minutes, you know, yeah. because that's significant. How can you help with that information? I, I found it early, you know, like I, of course I have learning curves. It's so not useful to tell a client more than um, 10 aspects in a reading. They're so overwhelmed, you yeah. know? 
it, so for me, it's kind of like, what is the overarching? And then like all these informations are supplemental to fill in the stories. Mm-hmm. So it's also very different. And I have to, you know, I still have to teach myself is I'm like, okay, I'm not talking to another astrologer right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to a client That's who right. doesn't care about your, you know, your ingress and they don't know the excitement of all these things. So, you know, I have to do that now because, but it's also so fun that with you, we just met like two hours ago and I don't have to have done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call peers, my dear peers. I love it. I love it. So, I love it. Yeah. Well, that being said, Nisa, I think we did a fantastic uh, treatment of Mel, going through the glyphs. And uh, I enjoyed this conversation yes, so much as well. as well. So, all right. Well, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Give them the, give them the deets. Okay. So I think um, I hang out most. Um, and I think you found me on Instagram because mm-hmm. I hang out there most. That's right. <laughs> um, I do a few things. Um, I create videos, which uh, every season, I'm going to go back to my uh, regular weekly broadcast. If you're in Bay Area, please email or DM me for Full Moon Coven or if you're an astrologer, probably go to an astrology event together. Um, you can find most of my writings. Um, everything will be on my website. Uh, it is VNS, as in, you know, all the consonant of Venus, um, but it's actually Vienisa Mystery School, uh, dot com. So VNS Mystery School dot com. Uh, my Instagram is via um, underscore Nisa underscore. And my YouTube channel is um, Vienisa Mystery School. And so I make videos, I write, I do astrology and I talk astrology and I hope to be touring, well, going to the conference. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that. I am so hoping um, and most likely if, you know, the the virus weather permitted that I'll be in Seattle and see you in person for I hope so for Norwalk which is sold out people oh my goodness oh my god I know I'm on the waiting list so Laura please hook me up I'm crossing my fingers (laughs) for you I'm crossing my fingers if not I probably will still be in Seattle and catch up with you all anyway yes because we'll have a good old time Mm -hmm. so all right. well you know it just so you know I always place all the guests that are on this program. I always do a blog post with all their details um, uh, for the episode. So uh, in case you didn't catch that and you want to see it all centralized in one place, you can find out more at energeticprinciples.com. And of course, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, And of course, I do my Patreon weekly forecast. If you would like to support this podcast and be in the know for the next seven days, you can find out more at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And I will mention that uh, in true Mercury retrograde fashion, um, Mm -hmm. uh, our San Diego Astrological Society, which is going to meet on March 13th, Friday the 13th, um, (laughs) we were going to have a talk by Jeff Harmon on Vedic uh, gemology, but Mercury got involved and we had to switch dates. And so now I'm speaking um, uh, on March 13th here in San Diego. So if you want to find out more about that, I'm going to be speaking on rulerships and dignities um, and looking at how important it is to track uh, planetary rulership in the chart. 
Airport. Um, and so that you can, if you want to find out more and you're in the San Diego area or want to tell someone you know that's in this area to go, you can find out more at San Diego Astrology. Dot com. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I actually have uh, beginners courses that are starting here in San Diego too, starting March 26th that will run for four Thursdays during the lunar uh, Aries cycle. You know, it's time mm-hmm. to start fresh and learn new. Um, so if you want to find out more about that, uh, you can go to energeticprinciples.com backslash learn. <laughs> And so, woo, that was a lot. Yeah, um, there's that. cool stuff going on. I should send it to their, like, visiting to San Diego. I think the you fans. should. You yeah. better let me know, you know. Come yeah, on. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if I'll visit, I'll definitely book it around the meetup. So that, there we go. Yeah, I think we'll that would be that. so much yes. fun. So, oh, well, okay. So if you like this broadcast and what Nisa and I had to say today, you know, leave a nice review where you read the, or wherever you listen, because that helps it be spread further, but also it's share spread, it with yeah. friends, you know, the, the mm-hmm. best spread is to share it with someone that you know, that like, and then they share and then they share and then they share and then they share. And that's what you call organic reach. (laughs) And thank you for helping all of us with that. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, it takes a village as they say. It takes a village. (laughs) So, all right, Nisa, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank Thank you you again. Thank you so much. And I am so glad that I get to appear in front of your village and look forward (laughs) for our future conversations. Absolutely. You're more than welcome back. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you.